Testing, one, two, three, testing. Hello? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? I'm looking for anyone. Anyone? Please, anyone, respond. Help needed. Can anybody hear me? Help needed. If you can hear, please respond. Please respond. Welcome to Heroclix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shane McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on Heroclix. Sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels just like I do. Whether you are playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event taking on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can be directed to our email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. Also, you can private message me on acrealms.com under the ID of Colossus TN. Or go to our Facebook page of Heroclix Borderlands where you can message me or read the latest articles and videos I have run across about this wonderful game. This is episode 14, Through the Looking Glass. I'd like to take a minute to thank Matt for helping me with our last couple episodes, which were the rules review. I know they were longer and supersized, but it was a fun time just kind of going through it with him. So prepare yourself for Through the Looking Glass. Hey gang, just loving coming back to just doing a regular podcast. It's been a kind of crazy, crazy time going on for me right now. Hopefully I can get these out on a weekly basis. And I'm a, my goal is by next week, have this out again on Thursday and just kind of continue that routine, trying to get back into the routine. So I apologize for my sloppiness in getting these out, but I'm also trying some new things and we'll see how that goes. Right now I want to do our weekend review like I did. I did my theme this week of Through the Looking Glass film. Like, a, yes, I feel like Alice right now. Like I just dumped, jumped down a big hole and... I'm looking at the other end, and my whole world has kind of changed upside down. There's a lot of stuff going on. I want to go over what, what I've been doing over the last few weeks. One big thing I've done is I went to my local venue and played in a two-booster sealed on Deadpool. I had already told you I'd been in a booster draft where we had one booster, and we took one figure and kind of passed around like a battle royale, made up teams, and kind of played. This time, we actually took two boosters, put teams together to make 400 points. My two boosters don't look that great. Had a lot of figures, but when I was going through them, getting to 400 points, I kind of went through there and came across, wow, I had a team that actually added up to exactly 400 points, and they were themed. That was incredible. So I said, well, let me give it a try. I didn't bring any maps, and that was my fault. I should have brought maps. 
instead what we had was the maps for Joker's Wild release. So we had the Ace Chemical plant on one side and the street on the other. My team that I came together with was I had two Psylocks, I uh, had a You Go Girl, a Bedlam, an Orphan, and Zero Zero Two Wolverine. Now that team came up to an X Force team, which allowed You Go Girl to carry four of them, which was most of my team. And I would usually carry everybody but Bedlam, and just let him kind of walk up. Now Bedlam's kind of a just a filler piece. He's forty points. He didn't really have a really good purpose because his special power is his only good thing. He had an eighteen defense. Guys looking for him to tie up. And he was going to be the 40 points I lost no matter what every game. Now, my other guys were close attackers. They had a lot of stealth. You Go Girl gave them the ability to move. And Orphan allowed some shenanigans with his 18 defense, his precision strike, his, his, some, some of his special powers where he could move some headline tokens around. He was just kind of there as a, as a major type piece and somebody that could harass. Uh, Wolverine was just... Uh, tie up and live for a long time. And the Psylocks were my main damagers. Now, round one, I ran to Steven. He had a uh, cable dupe team that really I was very cautious with. I totally blanked thinking that cable had TK and really was way too cautious. I had one map roll with my one, two, three, four, plus six on any roll. So nobody else had a theme team. And I actually had theme team prob to help me out too. So I ended up, going with the street, the A street. And in that match, it really came down to, we kind of clustered up on the left side. I, I moved up, put my objects out where I had some hindering train almost all the way up the board, moved out, and it just became this big cluster on the left side with him up on the roof with Dupe and a couple of his people. And he had Madcap, and Madcap really became the difference. Madcap got in there and just kind of tied everybody up and didn't allow me to attack the people I wanted to. In the end, I almost had one of his figures killed. I believe he rolled a Super Senses, if I remember correctly. It's been a couple weeks, so it's kind of hard to remember. But ended up, my Psylocks were amazing. Their ability to charge in 11 attack. And since Cable had Psychic Blast, they were able to add to their damage. And I believe I was able to hit them for five with Psylocke and just kind of pound on him. And I almost had his piece out. Uh, he, I'd already lost Bedlam, but nobody else. And he was looking at a, he had a, he was up 40 points. And I was rolling a breakaway that I made and then missed the attack, which was an important attack, which would have killed, KO'd, I believe his Cable, which would have gave me the, the win. And time was called. I lost round two and three my teams really came to life. They um, just kind of took over. I was able to really just take out pieces left and right. I wasn't able to sweep anybody because of the time limits and the ability to, it took a while for teams to move up. But being ultra aggressive, that team, moving them up, getting them into the play. And I kind of forget the last two matches that kind of blur a little bit. But in both of those, I didn't, I wasn't as pressured as much because of the makeups of the other teams. And just kind of being familiar with my team then, I was able to just kind of run up, tie people up, let Orphan get in there, let Bedlam tie people up, let Wolverine get in there and tie people up. And then use Psylocke to really just do a lot of damage. And you go girl to reposition people around. And Orphan was a uh, great tie-up piece, a great support piece. At seven points, he, he really held his own. So I went through those and won the next two matches and finished second. 
the one team I didn't face, and it's just kind of kind of lucky. And this is what I learned about tournaments, and this happens in tournaments. Sometimes you can't control your matchups. Sometimes you have a tournament of bad matchups where every team you come up against is this team of a uh, silver bullet. In this case, the one team I wasn't able to face, and I wanted to, but I never was, was a swarm title Deadpool team, which would have been very hard to kind of handle. It was a meta team, really, with those two pieces being able to kind of control the board and do some major damage. I forget who else he had on that team, but that team really kind of dominated. It's very hard to damage them. It's very hard to get around their special powers, and they had a lot of mobility. I never did face that team, which would have presented a challenge, but I'd love to have that challenge. I had a swarm top team, and that that would have been me having to take out one of those big figures to really to get that win. But it was fun. Kind of reminded me of just kind of relaxed, casual, and I love making a sealed team. Kind of neat how that just kind of worked out where I get an X-Force keyword and have the ability to use Hugo Girl's special power. But, I mean, as I say, the use of Bedlam was useless because his special power, which prevents you to get bonuses from equipped items, never came into play because in a sealed tournament, you're not going to have any equipped items because there's none in the boosters. His special power is kind of wasted. The others kind of worked. Just just had a good time. That's a lot of fun. Finishing second, getting two wins, one loss, and just kind of playing and talking with the guys and just having a good Saturday to uh, spend some time playing Heroclix and talking Heroclix and just kind of being casual. Just a lot of fun. and rejuvenates me about the game. Now, I also... Just couldn't get enough of playing Heroclix. So I went out there and I had bought a webcam not long ago. And my thought was to get into online matches. And I spent a couple of days trying to get it set up. I had a few days off from work. What I ended up doing was to set the camera up. I didn't really have an online match to do. So I set the camera up and pulled out two teams. And I played them myself, videotaping them. And you'll probably see them. I post them out to my Facebook page. I've got them on my YouTube channel. And just my first attempt at, you know, just playing around with online. Uh, how would the webcam work? How does it kind of work with Google Hangouts? What's it going to look like? And how can I make it better? So it's just my first attempt. And what I did is I took a tweaked version of my WKO team. What I've ended up doing is I took Devil Dinosaur off, moved Devil Dinosaur off to give me a little bit more mobility, put on another Ultron drone, removed the Atom, and... Henry and ended up going with the team the way it was. I was kind of going with a double cannon approach looking at, I think I had another Green Lantern too. I got two Green Lantern, two Ultrons. I got Mixie. I've got Frogman and I've got my teleporter. And what they're doing is high mobility, get up there, try to spin the dial, get out my big guy, but also use them as the ability to just kind of hammer on people and let Mixie kind of control the tempo. The team I took against them was a just kind of mismatched team of some meta figures. I thought, well, let's see how they work together. Put Overdrive with uh, Doc Ock, and I forget a few other pieces, but what ended up happening, you can watch that first match, is me being stupid. I run up, and I'm playing on the WizKids office, and I just kind of run up the left side trying to be aggressive and just left myself open to a running shot energy explosion by a called-in green arrow, that just pretty much wiped out my team. Doc Hawk went down like a sack of potatoes. 
uh, overdrives hammered. My whole tire thing just falls apart. And one thing I do notice my WKO team has a lot better mobility all of a sudden. Now, if you watch the second match, what I've done is taken a shifting focus Superman, added him to a Joker's Wild, the Joker's Wild uh, Bizarro Joker, and then have an overdrive and a few other figures. But what ends up happening is in that match, it becomes this big slugfest, which in that case, what I learned is that shifting focus Superman is amazing. I hope you go out and watch those matches. I don't want to just go through and review them. Number one, a lot of these matches are starting to go through my head, but I'm going to give you some just some insight I got from it. The shifting focus Superman is still a highly, highly competitive piece. It's very neat being able to change in and out. His 19 defense will give you a plus one. He's able to be carried. Overdrive is another great piece. And that Bizarro Joker really hamstrung some my team that I was trying to run, my WKO tweak team, in the ability to shut down some corners. And you'll see in the match that he prevents Mixie from being able to do a running shot to token my entire team. His plasticity, his ability to lock people down, comes this thing that makes these halls just almost impossible to move around. Did he, was it great synergy on that team with him and shifting folks Superman and Overdrive? I forget who else had on there. Not great, but that team I looked at and I'm like, well, okay, you can work with that. You can actually do something with that. And that some of those figures can kind of work together. Kind of put that together for a team sounds interesting to me. And that's kind of inspired me to go out there and build some more teams. I know some of y'all are wondering, how in the world do they get those camera positions where they are? And I was thinking, I, I was with you all. I'm like, how am I going to get my webcam so it looks down perfectly and I have it all set up and so I can get the mash to go? What I ended up doing is that I, I watched a video online and somehow I saw one of the rigs. Now, in my mind, I thought I was going to have to go to Lowe's and buy the PVC pipe and build this elaborate rig where it hangs straight up and down. It's like, oh my gosh, I need to go do that. I kept putting it off and I was still trying to understand how I'm going to get it, how I'm going to mount it, how I'm going to get it to work. And in the end, what happened was I was watching a match and I noticed that it just looked like a regular camera tripod. And my wife's a big camera buff and I went out and got one of her camera tripods. And then I attached my webcam to the the quick release plate for the camera that you can put on the tripod while well, put that on the bottom of the webcam and then I attached it to the camera stand and I extended the camera stand up pointed it down until I got the right angle I wanted downloaded some software for the webcam be able to adjust a little bit and I have my mat on my table hooked up to Google Hangouts which I have a free Gmail through put that together and, and really videotaping it is amazingly easy now some bad things that I kept doing is that when you're videotaping a match don't lean on the uh, map some of y'all probably see my bald head in the back of it. I Man, that drives me crazy. Well, I didn't I didn't really have my, I had a hat on, but it's me blocking the entire one. So you have to be kind of cognizant when you're videotaping to really move your figures and be, be out of the way so that people can see what you're doing. You don't want to lean across. And I'm a person that loves to lean and get different angles. You have to just be kind of careful of that. The other thing that I kind of realized was that you need to speak out what you're doing, your thought process, so that the viewers can hear it. <clears throat> and you kind of want to do that. Playing yourself is not easy, 
number one, to be fair, and number two, to not know what your opponent's doing, but to discover it on the turn. And so when I'm trying to set something up, going to the other side and see if I could see that or if I could fall in. It's hard to set traps for yourself, so that's where it's kind of not like a real game. You do make mistakes, and I make mistakes in that first video. I do two or three things wrong. But one thing I did know, it allowed me to just play some figures, kind of fill them out. They're not perfect matches. I think you need to know your team in order to play them well. And if you're going to play a team on a consistent basis, on a competitive level. Now, on a casual level, you know, you're you're constantly changing teams, but it helps you get to know figures. And once you understand figures, then you can kind of work them better, and you just have better matches with them. So it's just a neat way for me to be jazzed up about playing and getting in front of the camera and doing it. And it's just kind of fun. Here's the one thing I hate. I hate when I write. I have to kind of read back over. I'm going to be honest. When I do a podcast, I hate that I have to listen to it again to take some stuff out kind of edit it down to make it better. And I hate to watch myself play or hear myself on video. However, it's a great way to learn, okay, I see that mistake. I see what I'm doing. I see how I'm being sloppy. I need I know what I need to correct. I'm not an expert. I don't I don't know everything, but it's a great way for me to kind of continue to learn the game. And I don't mind throwing my flaws and errors out there just to kind of let y'all see, you know, hey, you learn by making mistakes. I tell my kids that all the time. I, I say that in basketball. You you miss all the shots you don't take. If you want to get better, if you want to try and be creative, you're just going to have to go out there and just make a lot of mistakes. I mean, experience is best teacher. So those video matches have been a lot of fun. It's kind of rejuvenated me, really pushing me to try some new things. And I really need to try a lot of things. I need to get more time on the mat as you would say, or I need to get more shots up. I need more game experience when I'm thinking basketball and when I'm thinking sports. I just need more more time on the map. I need more time on the map, seeing what's going on and all that. Just kind of working through the teams and keep going. That's what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully you've been enjoying it. Hopefully you, you kind of went out there. I love doing those matches. I love putting them out there. I'm already can't wait till I put another one out there. Once again, filling up my schedule of what I'm trying to get done and trying to keep moving forward and work and be a great husband and still be involved in my church. At times, you know, you've got to make those sacrifices for the other parts of your life to kind of stay balanced. And you have to go outside. I've kind of been going outside more. I've worked in the garden a full day. It's a great time spending with my wife. It's a great time uh, just to get out there and relax and just have new ideas and get inspiration. Inspiration comes from anywhere, from a book you read, from a movie you watch. Try something new. Make a few failed attempts. You know, just get better. Have fun. Our main topic's down the rabbit hole. What what does that mean? I feel like I have just gone down the rabbit hole. With the new rules coming out, I've had a new focus, a new change. I've, I've readjusted what I'm trying to do. With the uh, announcement by WizKids of our next WKOs, when I went out to the map, there's none near me. I'm going to tell you, the nearest one to me is about seven hours away. That's just not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to make a WKO like that. The weekend that they're going to be held is going to be awful. With the announcement of the new WKOs and that being a sealed, which I would love to play it in, and it's really out of my ability to go to one, 
I've pretty much let go of my dream of qualifying for nationals. And now I'm just going to focus on worlds. I'm just going to focus on origins. So mm-hmm. now I have two months to get ready for origins and have a plan on what I'm going to do. My current WKO team is now trash. The Ultron drones are not legal. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to build a new team. I can kind of base some framework around it, but the Ultron drones really drove the ability to bring in Nick Fury and all that. I'm going to have to come up with a new world's team. I've already registered for Origins. We have our hotel. It's going to be awesome. I hope to run into people there. I really hope some of y'all kind of reach out, tell me you're going. I want to meet some of you. I want to play some games against you. I want to see what you're doing. I want to help you out with your teams. Part of the reason why I started this podcast is to kind of reach out. I was listening to a uh, sermon, and he talks about community. To live outside a community is to to not really reach your full potential, to not really involve yourself in what your uh, passion is about. And he's talking about the Christian community, and I agree with that. And in this, too, in the Heroclix community, to stay outside the Heroclix community, to, no, to not embrace the community, to not surround yourself in the community, kind of hampers your game. And I'm really trying to use this. It feels like I'm connected, and it's kind of pushing my game out. So with my new focus of concentrating on the origins, the first and most important thing I came to, the, the most important decision I made was I'm just going to have to put the new rules aside. I love the new rules. I understand that. I love the new rules. I love that WizKids is listening to us. In doing the rules review with Matt, I realized how out of touch I was with some of the rules. I thought I knew the rules, but I didn't. It forced me to kind of look at the rules. And I think as players, we need to look at the rules every so often. We need to remind ourselves. Sometimes we get a little lazy about it. Sometimes we don't keep up on all the readings. And this new look at the rules has really refreshed in my mind how Heroclix mechanics kind of work, how the new mechanics are going to work. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to not look at the new rules. I, I'm keeping them in mind when I'm looking at new figures. I can't focus on them until after Worlds because at the, right now my goal is to make Worlds and to qualify for Worlds and go participate in Worlds and be part of that community and to sit here and give you all this fluff stuff and tell you that I'm going to love just going out there and competing while I do. My ultimate goal is to be the world champion. Now I'm going to say it. People might not say that, but I enjoy playing. I'm not going to be disappointed if I don't win. I tell my teams my basketball teams you know you go out there and you compete you can't control everything you can't control the matchups you can't control who you sit across from you can't control your dice there's some randomness to this game and people who tell you otherwise don't play this game you can take some of the randomness out but in the end you sit across from another person and if your roles go bad they go bad and you can maybe take a complete loss and turn it into a partial loss or take a complete win and turn it into a partial win. It does have an effect when we talk about championships that you're going for. And it's going to take a little luck. It's going to take a little matchups in order to be world champion. So I always tell my teams, you know, go out there and compete. Go out there and put your best foot forward. Try your best. And at the end, enjoy. Look around. Enjoy the competition. Have fun. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look around. I'm going to enjoy sitting across from somebody playing a great game, having fun, playing my best, and it bring the best out of me. If I go 0-4, I go 0-4. And then that would be terrible. I mean, it crushed my ego a little bit. But that's what games do. You have to be able to rise above it. So I'm, I'm willing to take on that challenge. But ultimately, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go out there to get my name out there and let people know, hey, I'm here to play. 
I want to make the top 32. I want to make top 16. I want to make top eight. I want to make top four. I want to be sitting at the final table. I want to be videotaped. I want to prepare myself to be at the final table to win the world championship. Now I'm going to say that. Am I going to do it? Who knows? I am working my butt off to get in, in position to do it. Can I do it? I believe everybody should believe that they have the ability to go out there and compete at that level. My goal right now, I am, I am focused to compete my best at Origins. It is my, not my entire focus while I'm at Origins. It's not my, Heroclix is not my entire focus. I do believe in balance. I believe I'm going to get up every morning and work out. I'm going to play other games. I'm going to have fun times with my friends and my wife and meeting you all. But in the end, I'm going there to do this one thing. I'm going to give myself the best shot at it. But it's not going to encompass my entire being because I don't believe that allows you to bring the balance it's going to take to be a champion of this game or to actually enjoy it. And I think that's more important. You're going to have to enjoy your championship. I love Pat Yaboko. It looks like he's having a great time. And some of those top players actually look like great guys. And I want to compete against them. I want to socialize with them. I want to just have fun. I'm now committed to Origins, guys. I'm going. Hope to see you there. I'm going to Origins. I'm going to compete. And I do have a plan. My first plan is I had to practice more. And wouldn't you know it, my venue is now only going to have two, probably two events before I go to Origins, maybe three. They're not all going to be competitive events. So I'm going to have to start doing some stuff to get more practice. One way is try to get into the online. That's why I kind of got out my video stuff and kind of moved around with that and tried that stuff out. Right now, I'm moving to online. I am willing to take out anybody that wants to. So if any of y'all out there and go, hey, I want to jump in there and let me see. I want to try that out. You know what? Just send me an email. Let's give it a try. I'll throw out my world team. I'm not going to hide anything from y'all. I, I'm, I'm throwing stuff out there. I, I want the community to see it. I want the community to help. I believe that community helps sharpen each other. I'm getting out in the online. I'm going to try and get some online matches. I'm going to play against myself and videotape them and watch them play against some teams I have ideas on. So practice, practice, practice. My anti-Iverson philosophy. You know, you do need practice to make worlds. If you know your team really well, even if it's not the best meta team, your ability to know how it works better works better against a copy team that you know what's going to be there. I love that there's some teams that you know are going to be there and they're going to be the ones that you should have a strategy against. If you have a team, you have to plan against like, I'm going to say three teams. I know you're going to have to handle a Jakeem. You're going to have to handle a Doc Ock team, Sinister Syndicate. And I'm going to probably post a video of one I saw is uh, the Majestics and Chris was running it. with his Chris. And amazing. Watch it. They did it on the blue line. And I'm going to post that video because I thought it was a great way to watch how a syndicate team could run because he got theme team and all that. Uh, I think, though, that's going to be there. Jakeem's going to be there with Bizarro Green Arrow. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else kind of showing up because right now you got a weird meta going on with people having teams they're kind of best based around the current meta that's going to change right before Origins. I'm really thinking, know how to play against a Doc Ock team. Know how to play against a Jakeem Thunder team. I, I wish I could have a third one because three seems to be a great number, but I can't think of a third team that could potentially be a gatekeeper team. But those two, you do need to have a uh, priority against. I am probably going to reach out to my group in Kingsport and see if they want to meet and play a couple of games, some competitive games. There's some really good players that they're not going to Origins, 
but they can really help me and I, I need to take advantage of that. So I'm going to reach out to them. It's another one on my goal list. Next, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do my homework. My homework, the way you do homework is reading rules forms. But to me, also, I'm going to have to start watching some video matches. Uh, two reasons why. They're inspiring and they help me with my tactics. Now, I go for reputable matches that where people are really following the rules and aren't giving me some bad habits. So I'm really going to focus on Alpha Strike's a great one, the Majestics videos, and the T3 videos. I'm going to start that. I'm going to try to do at least watch two matches a week. I'm hoping that will be like when I sit around and watch the NCAA tournament. I'm a basketball coach, and I love watching those games, not only to watch people play, but to be inspired on what I need to do next year, what of things they're doing to inspire me to do new things. And I, I watched one the other day, and Mike Nito did an amazing job with a killing joke joker and a Deadpool, shifting focus Deadpool, and a Hulkbuster torso is a neat little gimmick he did. And I thought that was a neat little team. I might copy it. I actually wrote it down kind of, and I might copy it and play against it online and just see how it goes. I kind of like the little shenanigans and the, the tricks he was doing with it. And I, I just think matches that makes it great to be able to watch some matches, get inspired, kind of learn from them. So I'm, I've, I'm committed to doing that. Also, I'm, I'm committed to doing one online match a week. I've got to. I've got to get to practice in. I'm now down to two months until Origins. And my goal is to win. I don't know many players who can just show up. Probably Scott Crampton. That's what I've heard. He can just show up and do it. Now, he puts in a lot of practice the the week before he shows up, and he has a lot, a ton of experience. I mean, I remember when he was winning those tournaments, the, what were they called, Wizard Worlds. He is awesome. Uh, He's a great player, very very informed other guys are putting in the time. I know Easton Brock's putting time in uh, Aaron can too. Hopefully he shows up at origins. I feel like he's putting the time in. I feel like he's going to bring something new. And I think the majestic crew is going to roll in. They're going to have some new stuff. Uh, and you know, dark horse going to be dark logos and his, his crew Phoenix nest. I believe Phoenix Nest. they're going to roll in that they're, they're really got a plan this year. And I think they want to make some noise. They want to be heard. And you know what? You got PJ Brolin. That's a lot of people fight through. Do I think I stand toe to toe with them? Heck yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, I believe have confidence now. So I've got that online match and then I'm going to try at least twice a month. I'm going to put a practice video up the video of me playing myself, probably one of my mini worlds teams. What I mean by that is that I am not planning on practicing just one world's team. Uh Oh, this is my departure from the norm. Logic says pick one team, focus on it, learn it, be ready for it. Great logic. I understand it. However, here's my problem. I get pigeonholed into one team. Here's going to be my problem. I get there and I start noticing the way the tournament structures are. You're doing these little eight-man tournaments and you're trying to earn points. What's going to happen if you start seeing a certain brand of teams and your team's just not working. I've seen it in other terms. You have to be able to shift. You have to be able to change. Just like in basketball, while I practice mainly man, we do practice a few zones, and I never know when I might have to pull that out and kind of rely on that. So I'm going to have to have two or three, I wouldn't say more than three teams, world's-ready teams that I can switch in and out depending on how I'm feeling and what I think's working best, what I'm seeing going on as I keep playing. 
Now I'm doing that for the qualification rounds. After the qualification rounds, I'm really looking at a set team. Which team do I feel like has the best shot against these teams I've seen out there? I do feel like I'm going to see a lot of copycat teams. I'm going to see the gatekeeper teams in those qualifying tournaments on Wednesday and Thursday where you're doing the little eight-man quick tournaments. I think there's going to be a lot of them. I think you're going to have to have a strategy for it. I think people are going to bring it in because that's a safe bet, and everybody wants a safe bet. I'm shooting for Wednesday. I'm shooting for Wednesday being my best shot. Though I do know that the people from Nationals are going to probably be playing. I don't think everybody will be there on Wednesday, so that's going to be a less of a crowd. I think your first-round matchup and second-round matchup are going to be important, and you're going to have some weird matchup issues. And it's going to be kind of the pod you get put into and just the meta of the pod. People talk about that overall meta, but in that pod, what did everybody bring? What's your matchup? It's kind of like at your local venue when you all get together. It really depends on who brought what and who brought a counter to it and who was just lucky in doing that. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of control over it. So I'm really looking at Wednesday and Thursday being my best shot. Wednesday, really. Though I can see while Nationals is going on, Thursday being a time in which a lot of top players are out trying to vie for Nationals, and you're going to have those pods forming up to do the qualification. That's going to be some weird top teams or some a lot of copycat teams. Towards the end of the day, as people have filtered out and earned their points and quit playing in those things, I hope to earn my qualifying points in my first match, my first tournament I'm in, and I just get to just go have fun the rest of the day and go do other stuff like Battle Royales, go play other games, kind of practice my team, go around and talk to everybody. And if I don't make Worlds, it'll be disappointing, but it's not going to end my great Origins weekend. Hopefully I'm hanging out with people that I met off the podcast with my, with my wife, my friends, and we're playing other games, and we're just having a great time. And if I get into Worlds, I'm just going to have a great time. And I'm really gunning for number one. The only other thing I really want to do at Origins, and this is another goal of mine, is I need to recruit or join a team. I really do. I I listened to a Dark Logos uh, starting over podcast where he talked about how to create a team. And I'm really wanting to gravitate towards it. Number one, I want to participate in the HeroClix team championships. And not really saying you have any qualifiers, you just kind of sign up for it. I don't know if they're going to cap it, but you're going to have to have three people to be in it. Want to really go do that because I think that'll be fun. The six boosters, you 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 make up three teams and then you get to play against three other teams through rounds and you're trying to get wins. Like you'll take on another team of three. If two of your guys win over the other one, you win that round and you go to, and so you kind of do like a Swiss Robin trying to see how many rounds, who wins the most rounds, and just kind of cut into get to the world championships. And I think that would be fun. That would be awesome. And I really want to participate in it, and that involves being part of the team. Now, that's the small part of the team, a, a team to play in the team world championships, but I also need a team to just kind of start running t- ideas by just to start honing my – meta team and being able to talk it out. So that's what I'm kind of my, one of my goals is to go find a team to join a team or create a team struggling on finding teams or recruiting teams. I don't know what I'm doing and what's going to go on. So I'm telling y'all that's a goal and I love doing this kind of podcasting that I'm laying all my goals out there. And what it does is I verbalize them and it makes me go do them. And the 
last thing that I have is I do have a new team and I'll post it out there, but I have pretty much gutted my WKO team and have built a totally new one to give you the philosophy behind this new team. Number one, I think map control is huge. I think maps that WizKid is putting out bring advantages to certain teams and can hinder other teams when you sit across from it. So I want that. That is a zero point advantage that you can get. It costs me nothing to bring maps and I have been collecting some maps and I'm really sticking with premium maps and the premium maps I'm looking at bringing are the WizKid's office. I want the office I want to quit calling it WizKids office. The office, the premium map office, the cargo ship, the convention floor. Those maps bring different things for, diff- for, for different situations. So those are the three maps I'm going to bring. I need a team that can control that. And so that means I need a theme team. I went out there. I kept the Justice League teleporter. I just like it. I know how to play it. I think it, a lot of people don't play against it, so it might be a kind of a, whoa, what's that? How's that going to work? And it was doing what's best for my team. Now, what I did with the teams, I took two Joker Twilight Green Lanterns. What they do is give me free barrier, my ability to control in the, in the office and in the cargo ship. I can control pathways, and I think that's important for free. They also give me mobility. What else they do is their their light marker can separate figures and can lower defenses. So I can throw it out there between a bizarre green arrow and the person they're protecting against range attacks and put the wall barrier between them. It will break that connection. They're no longer adjacent. It also gives the one that the marker's space, whoever's next to the wall marker, gets a minus one to their defense. So all of a sudden... They lose stealth, and they get a minus one to defense. So it's also stealth busters. And then on top of that, what I did is since I already had them, I pretty much kept a Joker's Wild only thing. So, yes, this world's team is pure Joker's Wild. Have I tested it yet? No. Probably my next video will be run testing it against something. Uh, I'd love to hear some ideas from you all if you all want to see me an idea. Hey, run it against this team. See how it does against this team, and I'll play them to the best of my ability. Is that a great way to test them out? No, that's why I need to break out with the team. That's why I need to get my other venue. I need to test this team out. So i got two Green Lanterns, and they're running this barrier thing. I also put Flash and Adam on there. Flash, he's the best hypersonic for point for point for himself. And then I also put Adam on there because he's a great close combat. Well, I'm tired of Jakeem Thunder. I'm just going to say it now. I am tired of Jakeem Thunder. That's all Jakeem Thunder. Let's go to the man who originally originally was the Wishmaster. That's right, Johnny. We're going with Johnny Thunder. Why? Because I don't have a Jakeem. I can't find a Jakeem. I'm not going to pay $80 for a Jakeem. I have a Johnny Thunder. Is he as good as Jakeem? Probably not. That's why I need the teleporter. You're going, why do you need the teleporter? Teleporter is going to go with Johnny Thunder. It's going to give him that extra little bonus boost. So I'm using that to give him some extra bonus boosts and I'm hoping to roll six is a lot and give him his plus one plus pick a power plus he starts with some invincible plus I'm hoping he just kind of throws people off and on top of that I'm gonna have the symbiote object and I'm gonna let him go pick that up to give him plasticity and shape change once again some extra powers I don't put eclipso on him some people go well why aren't you putting eclipso well I want the symbiote on him 
and I'm going to have the pin particles. Really think of what I can do with the pin particles, either a giant size, a green lantern, so he can carry Johnny Thunder, which can be neat, or I could micro size, tiny size Johnny Thunder, and then that would allow him to get a plus one on range attacks, or I could supersize Flash to allow him to get around objects and hindering train. He could ignore that and give him a little extra reach. Now for the Avengers, I mean for the Just League Teleporter, what I put is I restructured it to really look at more of some call-in, but really giving some powers to Johnny Thunder. And there's one piece that I'm kind of debating back and forth. My big piece that I want to call out, like get the teleporter to this this spot and allow it to uh, bring out the top top piece, which would be the three which wouldn't happen that often, which would be Superman. So I have a Superman. And the great thing about Superman is if I use the Superman Wonder Woman, if I feel like it's not really working where I can get him out top down, I can put him down to 100, and he's a very good running shot psychic blast person. And I can kind of use that, and it that would work pretty well. Use the psychic blast to be able to call him in. And Johnny Thunder being 125, he can still call him Nick Fury. So I have Nick Fury and I have Superman on there. And then what I added is some, I, st- I put Booster Gold on there. I love his ability to prob attacks. And so that's always a good uh, ability to have on the round table. And he has energy explosion when he comes in. He gives everybody prob. He can prob twice. So that might be a great call-in. Now, Johnny Thunder will have to be doing that call-in. He'll have to do the Nick Fury call-ins. I understand that. However, the and the Superman call-in would have to be Johnny Thunder. The other three call-ins, there's three other call-ins that I have, uh, they're all low point values so that the other pieces can call them in. I have, I'm going to put another flash out there. His plus three to speed, important, might become big in, in the game. I also put a green lantern out there. Might need another free barrier. Call him in, spin the dial, let's see what happens. And then I also have a... Hawkman, great charge, high damage, go and hit. And so those three are extra call-ins. I'm kind of really debating on whether or not Booster Gold or I need to get a lower call-in again. But I don't have another, I don't have an Atom card. So I'm, part of my collection is my hamstring of what I can do. And that's going to hurt some people, and I think you're going to see that at Origins. I don't want to buy a team to go there. I've bought some pieces. But, I, you know, I want my own unique team. And I'm going to put this together, and it's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to test it out, and we're going to run it. And I have some other ideas that I'll share with you all, some other teams I'm already really working on and kind of just seeing how it will all go. I, I, along that line, when you're building teams, I, I swear, just go out there and listen to A.J. Pfeiffer. It, uh, go read his blog. It's great, inspiring. Go watch some Alpha Strike videos. Mike Needle has some great, inspiring teams. And, you know, Maybe get your juices going on what you want to do. But right now, I'm settling on this uh, JSA team. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think they're theme teamed at, and with ATAs going away, I can't use an ATA. They did have an ATA that could go with them, so I can't do that. Um, They are theme teamed on All-Star Squadron. I can do All-Star Squadron. They're all All All-Star Squadron or Justice Society. They can also share their defenses. That sharing defenses to give me some bonuses and all that. So I don't know. I'm going to try these shenanigans and try to create a team that's very versatile. 
and ability to adapt and adjust and a team that people are going to struggle with understanding what my strategy is. And hopefully that gets me through and hopefully that gets me going. I like being unique. I like doing some stuff my own way. So we'll see how this is. And I'm just not willing to pay 80 bucks for Jakeem. That's what it's going to come down to. I'm not willing to pay 80 bucks for Jakeem and I think Johnny can do. So we're going to go with Johnny and we'll see how it goes. That's my new goals. That's where I'm headed. That's what I'm focused on. That's what I'm going to be doing. And I'm hoping this will help hold me accountable to what I really want to do. It's going to take time and I'm going to have to balance life. And it's, it's just one of the things you got to do. You, you want to keep working on it. And, you know, it's just great this time of year. Uh, Good Friday is tomorrow. Uh, Easter It reminds me of, you know, just fresh starts. The ability of new hope. And I know WKOs, I can't make the WKOs, but the new hope is, is origins. And I just have this feeling like, you know, new days dawn, the meta is getting ready to change. And, you know, it's just time to rise up and go try something. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a great future right now. I've got two months to get ready for it and go try it and just go have a blast. And then after that, just kind of go with it. What it does mean, and this is me being totally honest, I'm pot committed to, origin so i'm pot committed to the next set i'm going to need to get the next set i think it could make an impact i don't want to nickel and dime and pull singles off i'm a collector i'm just going to go get a case i'm pot committed to it uh i was gonna i'm gonna have to make evaluations after origins on stuff that's coming out and will it work with the new rules do i want to spend that much money that's an evaluation i'll have i'm going to tell you i'm a collector i'm probably going to collect it i don't want to buy figures that are uh not going to work, but for Origins case, I, I'm I'm pot committed to the vendors uh, defenders. And I really wish, just as a side note, as a person that loves literary stuff, I wish the new rules would have come out right after Avengers Defenders because of the set ID AD after death. Well, that'd been cool. That'd been cool. You know, the changeover from BC to AD. Now we have the changeover from the old rules to the new rules. And the new rules are now in play. This is a new world order. Sorry. I just think that'd been cool. It'd been cool. Right here. We have it. This is defining. This is zero hour. After this is AD and on. Before it, before rules change. I don't know. That's just kind of, that's, that's me being crazy. But yeah, that'd been, that'd been a very symbolic break right there with the AD set. But it didn't. It's not going to happen that way, but I'm looking forward to it. Excited for it. I'm hoping it expands. I hope it simplifies the rules. I hope it brings a lot of new players. I hope it expands the game and makes the game richer and more varied. I'm hoping the meta gets kind of rejuvenated by it, but we'll see. We'll see. Resources make a big difference, and let's see how WizKids makes a lot of figures more relevant. It'll be up to us to be creative. I think there's a lot of great figures out there, and I'm going to start doing that with my teams, try to be creative. So that's my goals. That's where I'm going. Let's move on to our next segment, which will be our review. What figures am I reviewing this week? Okay, I named this section Jabberwocky because there's just a lot of big, crazy stuff. You don't really know what's going on. And the first figure I want to review is Shadowland Daredevil. I mean, we're all excited about it. Uh, The sculpt itself looks really cool. I kind of, the leg pose is a little odd. Uh, it's really cool. Let's see, he's only 80 points. 
he is now fitting in that prime kind of range of what they're kind of going for now. It's that sweet spot of 70 to 90. That seems to be the normal of some of your meta pieces coming out. It's going to be that 70 to 90 range. So he hits that sweet spot. He's got leadership under the new rules. That'll be good. He's going to have one, two, three, four, five, six clicks at 80 points, a little expensive. However, he starts with decent movement. Movement has gone down. I don't see a lot of 10 movements anymore. He's got eight, seven, 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 six. His attack never drops low at 10. Half the time it's 11. The other half is 10. And then he starts with two 17s and goes two 18s and goes two 17. Has a special defensive power in his first four clicks, which is pretty much super senses. When he does and succeeds after action resolve, deal the attacker one unavoidable damage. And he's got Mystic's team ability. So when he's on that defensive setting, every time you attack him, you're going to get hurt. There's just no way around it. It's unavoidable, too. It doesn't say penetrating. So it gets around invincible. You attack him, you're going to get hurt. Now, he only has super senses, so you better hit him hard. But he's going to hurt you no matter what you do. And the longer he can hit his super senses roll, the worse you're off. He also gets Precision Strike. This is the last four clicks of his dial. He starts with Precision Strike, but the last four clicks of his dial, he still can use it. But every time he hits an opposing character, it now adds plus one to the attack values of all his friendly characters with a hand keyword. And if he KOs one, then their damage values go up. So the more he gets involved, the more he knocks people out. It inspires his... Uh, followers it almost looks like this piece is made to be a swarm leader a hand leader that's really going to make these figures better he automatically gets stealth he's stealth the entire time he can take a power action to bring in a 015 hand ninja from outside the game in a square of hindering train within range and line of fire so he can pop somebody in and i assume they're just going to come in and they can attack so he's got this ability to call in these little hand ninjas just like anything else, I uh, think about the Brood Queen. I also think about who was it? Hermes in the Superman Wonder Woman. Those figures are going to have a point cost. So he's also going to be able to bring in figures from outside the game. So he can be on a 300 point team. And I don't know if this hand ninja is going to be 15, 5, 10, whatever it is. He's going to bring it in. So his team's now 310. However, that means that you can get more points from his team as he's bringing more stuff. So he can be a point feeder. He's going to feed pogs into you so if you see him across the table from you he can feed you points which can make a difference in the end i I don't believe those things going to come in at zero point it doesn't say it doesn't they come in at zero points and they're an actual figure in the set so you're going to have to have them so there'll be a collection market for it in that case he's going to be a swarm guy he's going to kind of be a swarm leader he's got a really cool sculpt he's got a good point value there's not a lot of hand figures so this makes me think that there will be more hand figures in the avengers defenders case so that's what i'm looking for to make him a little bit more viable and make him have a hand team because i think that's what it's going for he's going to be a kind of theme swarm team his damage value is like three three and then the rest are twos he gets shape change at the end with super sense it's a great combo that means you get two rolls against somebody attacking you he does start with charge and then the middle three he's got a flurry and then ends in charge. So he's he can charge in and then he can be based with you. He does not have endom. He does have four range. So he's able to pop those hand ninjas out within four of them. 
you probably want him on a map that has a lot of hindering. And with the new hindering rules, that means really look at maps that are not object-oriented to be hindering. I'm trying to think of one. Maybe the convention center floor. That's a great hindering map. I have to pull it out. But that's why he's going to be kind of shining on him. And with the Mystics, he's always going to hurt. Small dial of six with 80 points. He's going to be fun to play, but he's going to have to be, I believe, going to be theme-teamed, and he's going to have to be a swarm guy. I think that's where his use is going to come in. I don't think he brings anything else other than that. Him as a piece to be more competitive, we'll have to see what figures come out with him in Avengers Defenders. He's going to be number 68. He's going to be the when the uh, is that a chase number? Well, it's going to be one of the harder ones to get. So there you go. Oh well, if you get him, hopefully there's a lot of pieces to go with him, and he'd be fun to play. Now, I wanted to review three figures. I haven't been able to do this in a while. So the next one I'm going to do is Doomsday. And everybody is loving Doomsday. Let's see what Doomsday is. He has three point values: three hundred, two hundred, and one hundred. At the 100-point value, he only has three clicks. At the 200-point value, he has five clicks. And at the 300-point value, he has seven clicks. He's a giant. He's in Dom. He gets better as he goes down his dial. You get the first three clicks at 100. Unlike normal dials, which usually you turn it more towards the back, his first three clicks represent his 100-point value. His next two clicks added on equals 200-point value, and then the last two clicks equal 300. So they have a blue line and a red line and a KO line. If you do 100 after the blue line, that means you're KO'd. If you do 200 after the red line, you're KO'd. If you do uh, the full 300, he is not KO'd until after click 7. So he has a rev- he has like a Bizarro dial, a Hulk dial. He just gets better as he keeps going. Now, he is considered the ultimate survivor. He has a special trait. I mean, the sculpt's awesome. It looks really good. Uh, he is DP17002. He's a con exclusive. He, he will be available at Origins. He's $15. You better believe I'm going to get in line and go buy him Wednesday. It's best time to buy. It's on Wednesday. I'm going to go up there and give me a doomsday. Give me a doomsday. I might get in line again and get another one. Just just for my friends, help them out. Or help anybody out. Um when he's attacked, his special power is when he's attacked, modify Doomsday's defense value by plus one for each adapted token and on the attacker. When Doomsday is hit by an attack, you may place Doomsday in an adjacent square that is clear cl- that is closer to the attacker. So, if they have adapted tokens, and I'll tell you how you, they get adapted tokens in a second, but if he's, in, if, if he's hit, he moves a step closer. Whoa, you pulled me closer. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Okay, and then he also has another trait, which is Doomsday can use plasticity and can't be the target of perplex. So you can't perplex up or down, which is important against him if you're going to run him as a one-man army. And when he KOs an opposing character, after actions resolve, remove all actions tokens from him and heal him one click. He can't be healed any other way. Whoa, that's big. If he hits somebody hard, if he KOs anybody, most warm teams, whatever, he, he, he can continue to go. He gets all his action tokens. That's huge. Now, here's his other big thing. He has a defensive power. Say stop click. Now, I thought they had ruled that stop clicks can't be outwitted or pulse waved. 
And I'll have to double check that. But I think that's the new ruling on stop clicks. Um, stop. Doomsday can use invulnerability. When this click is revealed due to damage taken from an attack, after actions resolved, put an adapted token on the attacker. So every time you hit them, and you're going to have to hit them, you get an adapted token, which will up his defense by one whenever you attack him again. And he has invulnerability. So you can't have a poison guy go up there and get him. Uh, you can't have a... Uh, you can't have a... Oh, you can have a precision strike. But you need to have a precision striker do three. Because here's the thing. No matter what you do, you, he has this stop click on every click. So you're going to have to... I mean, really, the Bennett, you should just only do one because, boom, he's just going to move one click. Wow, he uh, starts with seven movement for two clicks, and he goes eight, and he's got nine for two clicks, and he's got ten for his last two clicks. He starts with charges first three, and then it's just a uh, sidestep of the next four. Um, he starts quake with his first two clicks, and he gets super strength his next three, and then his precision strike, his last two, he starts with... Th- 10, 10, 10, and then 11, 11, then 12, 12. His defense, as I said, he's got a stop click on every click. So for 100 points, you get three stop clicks. For 200 points, you get five. And for 300, you get seven. He starts with a 17, 17, 17, and then an 18, 18 defense, and then a 19, 19. His um, powers, his damage ability goes up. It goes three damage to begin with for his first two, then a four then his next two are five, and his last two are six. He gets Battle Fury his last four clicks, and he's exploit weakness his first three. What does this mean about Doomsday? I'm looking at him. I think maybe Mastermind Fodder. Maybe his ability to carry the person he's masterminding, like killing Joker. That'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. He'd be able to carry him. He'd have three stop clicks. Every time you hit him, he's going to put an adapted token on you, which ups his defense, which is already 17, so I can get it to an 18 probably. He has the ability to just really kill you. He's 100 points, one-third your team. Um, he does have Indom. He does have a little giant reach. Uh, his one problem is going to be getting in position. How do you get him in position? Maybe a pin Particle. That would be interesting. Give him pin Particles. Can he do pin Particles? I think so, and... Uh, I'd have to look up. Let me look up PIM particles right quick. Got it right here. Nope, he can't. Yeah, he can't. He's not single star based. Sorry. No PIM particles for him. No soap for y'all. No soap. But I don't know. He can carry a smaller character, especially his first three clicks. So that'd be interesting. 100 points, Mastermind Fodder. Somebody you're going to have to worry about. going to be harder to hit. Um, he'd have to KO to heal. That'd be my one problem with him. He does have the Brute Monster and Kryptonian keywords. Eh, maybe do that. 300 is very interesting with this guy. Could he be a true one-man army? I don't know. I mean, really, do you have enough tackers to get through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven clicks without getting adapted tokens? I mean, he's going to have a 20 defense probably. 
I've got a team, what I think is a pretty huge team of five. If they all damaged him, he would be sitting um, one, two, three, be sitting on his first stop click of his 300, his number click six. He'd be a 20 defense against all of them. 12 attack, 10. He'd be moving closer. My gosh, I think he could track somebody down with a 10 movement, and then he could start killing people because he got six damage on the last one on precision strike. I don't know. A, a team that's going to be able to handle him and 300 points, I don't know. I, I, I was looking at him earlier, and I said, eh, I don't know if he's going to make it, but I don't know. I would love to run him just as a true. I'm going to sit one figure down, and can you take him out? Because here it is. In a time match, do they have enough ability to eat through him to get any points? Because it's a, it's a gamble. It is all or nothing. Either they kill him or they don't. You, on the other hand, just have to go find one little thing. I think he's interesting. Hey, that, this might be one. This might be one of the first true one-man armies. I'm looking at him. That's how are you going to handle that? Uh, the only figure that really sits across from that he's going to be scared of is Dead Girl, because she can really take him out. She would be able to hit him for three and stop his him not be able to use his stop clicks anymore. And then you'd have to hit him again, and you can get rid of him. But really, that would be your counter. I don't know that Dead Girl is going to show up on a lot of teams, unless we're starting to see a lot of counters to stop. How do you handle this guy? This is the most stop clicks anybody's ever seen. Hmm. And in, in, after getting to Origins, yes, the only thing you can use is Dead Girl or Jenny Sparks or who's the other one? Blue Devil. But it, after, once we get past June, we're going to look at only Dead Girl is going to be really be able to handle this guy. I don't know. I mean, did you bring him, sit him down and say, I dare you to have a Dead Girl over there? And then really, what is he going to do? He's going to go after her first. Huh. The adapted tokens, all this. It's, it's interesting. I, I say, yeah, I'm, I'd love to get this figure and then, you know, try a match. Him doing a one-man army. Some of y'all are going, ah, stupid. One-man armies don't work. But I, I've never seen this. This is this is crazy. Do I, would I ever use them at 200? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you get a huge benefit at 200. I think it's 100 or 300. That's where I'm going to lay at and... I'm really, I want, I want to challenge people. Really sit down and think about Doomsday and see if you think he can be a one-man army. I think he might be. I think it'd be fun to try him. I know against other one-man armies, he's going to be just brutal. You're going to be saying, well, he can't keep up with him. But really, in the end, we're, let's look at it competitively. Sometimes we look at this game as I'm trying to destroy the other person, but in, really you're looking at how you can win. And Doomsday, can they kill him before you kill something of theirs or get something from them? Somebody's running a teleporter like I am. I'm giving you five points all the time. I don't know that I can eat through you. I don't know I can call enough stuff in. I mean, under the current rules, I guess I could call in Nick Fury and say you can't use that and just blast you for four get an adapted token, then hit you for, while well, still outwitted for, let's see, one, two, three, four, you'd be at an 18 defense and hit you for three more and you'd kill him. But are you going to be able to do that come new rules? No. Under new rules, he's going to be a true one-man army, I believe. Love to see him played out. Love to see how he works. 
He's got current neuters. Uh, going forward in new rules, I think it's only going to be Dick Girl. So, review of him, excited. More impressed the more I look at him. Uh, his plasticity is huge and can't be the target of perplex. The only thing that would make him silly stupid is if you hit him, not only did you get an adapted token, but he pops up right in your face. And then it'd be silly stupid because that would just not be somebody you want to hit. And I can't believe you just, what would you do? Run around and go for a roll off? Luckily, they didn't give him that. But they do. He gets that one free move one step closer. He's going to be like a boxer, one of those heavyweight boxers like Mike Tyson. You're just kind of cornering you in the ring, not letting you. You're having to always dodge and evade, get you to the corner and just start pummeling on you. That's what he's going to do. He's going to cut down your avenues of escape, move in, and then he's going to have a six damage, 12 attack, and he's going to start just waylaying things. And his giant reach is going to help him. So we'll wait and see. Uh, but uh, really good piece. This is it. You're going to have to re-maneuver around him, and you have to have multiple attackers, and it's just going to get harder. 300 points, 100 points. 100 points, he's more of a support piece. I believe mastermind fodder, more of a distractor. 300 points, it's a, it's, it's, it's a hard-working day. He, he'll be fun. We'll see. 300 points. I think it's a 300-point game. At 300 points, that'll be interesting. Okay. So that was Doomsday. Y'all should check him out. He's $15 at the convention, so it's not bad. I can see him going for a lot more. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is this meta piece that I think is going to start showing up. He's eight. It's eight points. It's called the Pim Pocket Tank. Now, it's very limited. It's not being sold. Winners won these. It's, I think it's on eBay. I don't know how much it's going for. But it's part of that uh, new Giant Man set. Now, what's so great about it, it's only eight points. Uh, you don't really, it's tiny size. I don't think it starts adjacent to a friendly character. You don't carry it. When you move, it will move. After the action is resolved, it will be placed next to that character that moved. And it has a special ability. Now, it starts with one movement, zero attack, 18 defense with toughness, and zero damage, and it only has one click. You're going, what's so special about it? I think it's going to show up meta for this. So it brings extra damage. It creates a huge situation against you. Now, it does not work with hypersonic, running shot, or charge. Anything that has a moving attack. However, if you stand and attack, that means that you're just doing it. Crang was using it before, and I, I wish to tell you, WKOs, since it's sealed, forget about it. Forget about Ultrons anymore in the highly competitive scene. Forget about Crang right now with Justin Seifert. It's done. That's over with. This guy's going to appear... And the fact that I can imagine Jean Grey TKing out somebody at the pin pocket tank is next to him and going out there with him. And then what the guy, the character can do, if you're, if you're starting there, when they make an attack, the character is that the pocket tank is adjacent to. When they make an attack, the person makes the attack. Let's say we TK out, and I believe this would work, you would TK out a figure. And they, they decide to make an attack. Pin pocket tanks beside them. Let's say Spectre, 12 range, uh, 4 damage, because I'm really trying to work on a Spectre team. And so he takes his shot. When he takes his shot, if he takes a minus 1 to damage, which Spectre is a 12, and usually you have enough on your team to make up for that minus 1, but for a minus 1 damage, that allows Spectre to throw the pocket tank at the character he's shooting. Okay, get that in your head. This pocket tank's going to be thrown. 
And then what will happen is if you hit, the pocket tank can be replaced with the pin particle tank on click 11. And if it's Ant-Man is the one that did it, it can be click nine, but it's on click 11, which it turns into a two by four character that you can place adjacent to the character that you hit. Now here's where it gets silly, ridiculous. When you do that, and it's been ruled that since it's a two by four vehicle, you can place the tank on top of the character you just hit. Now you're going to go, well, how can you do that? Well, technically one of its squares is adjacent to the character it's placed on. So boom, it can do that. When it's placed, it destroys blocking terrain and it miss it moves characters that is placed on top of any characters placed on top of is two penetrating damage two penetrating damage so you can hit this character drop this tank on it do two penetrating damage and you decide the order in which you do the damage you can do your damage first and then the tank damage or you can do the tank damage first then your damage just think about that so you, for eight points, you're getting this extra two damage boost. You drop this tank. You're allowed to then place the character adjacent to the tank wherever you want to. You decide the placement, not your opponent. So you can drop it on top and place it. And if it's a if it's a group of characters, you get drop it on top of all of them. So it's a two penetrating blast energy explosion on top of what you're going to do to one character. And then just to make it even more silly ridiculous, it has a four movement, eight attack with a special power, which it can't use, but it's 17 defense, four damage with, uh, when you have it on its pin particle tank, four damage with um, enhancement, and it can carry three passengers. So now it's its own threat. Now, one thing it can do is ram, but you can give it an action. It can move through people's spaces. Every space it moves through, it does, it can attack with an eight attack for every hundred points of characters it hits. It will do its full damage to them, but for every hundred points of characters it hits, it takes one damage and it can only survive one. It can only survive a damage of two. So he has toughness. So three damage would kill it. However, that's way too much damage potential for eight points. It's going to show up on teams. Is It's something easy. The only thing holding it back it was really violent on crane teams because their ability to be to see for it to move them out and the tank would move with them. They would do their first attack and then their second attack, you know, after Seifert loses control and then crane takes his action, would be with the tank. They had two more damage on top of what crane's already doing. That's just silly, ridiculous. You're going to start seeing these. You got to have a counter for them. Uh, the great counter now will be. I wonder how they're going to rule about TK, how that works with TK. And I, I'd like to watch some um, videos with these pin particle tanks and the uh, pocket tanks in them. Uh, one big thing is that they're very limited right now. Winners and top two were getting them. So the quantity is very limited right now, but they're getting ready to be opened up at these next WKOs. They're going to be sold. That's one thing I, I wish I was going to, but now they're going to be sold and that's, that's just going to happen. They're going to become more popular and more, more available so watch out for this have a strategy for it continue to watch it watch the rules for them see what's going to go on with it so that's my review of this pocket tank i think it's going to make a huge impact as equipment it's not really equipment it's just an eight point figure and just keep a mind on it 
energy explosion is probably good against it. I'm thinking a energy explosion, even with the new rules, will take out the pocket tank. If you can hit the character and the tank at the same time, or you hit the character, that'd be two to everybody. He'll kill the little pocket tank. So energy explode the man. Get rid of him. Don't worry about it. Don't give him that extra two bump damage. That's what they don't need. All right. Let's move on to our last session, which is the scenario. I'm not able to do my team reviews. It's getting kind of long. So let's look at the uh, scenario. Okay, we're at the keeping it fresh. I call this the Mad Hatter's Tea Party section. And the scenario I have is Matrix Neo. What I mean by that, what you'll do is uh, you can choose whatever point value. I say 300 is a great way or 400. But choose one figure to be Neo. Each team has a Neo figure. You announce at the beginning of the game. Beginning of every turn, you roll a dice for that figure. On a six, you get to choose one of these three things. You can increase their speed by three, increase their defense by three, or pick a standard attack power. Kind of represents Neo as he's learning his powers. You know, he speeds up. He's able to defend himself a lot better. And he has the ability to access to pick whatever weapon he wants. So that is on a six. But on a one, you have to give your figure an action token. That's him getting unplugged from the game. So he just kind of, oops, full glitch. Got unplugged. Got pulled out. Went to the phone. So... That 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 might be fun. Just a neat way to kind of bring kind of Neo Matrix in. I don't know how you could do some changes to it, but that's my thought on it. That, that'd be fun to play, see how it goes, see see what kind of figure you make Neo and see how that would uh, kind of impact the game. Anyway, that's my thoughts. Uh, if you have a scenario, just submit it to me and let me, I can share it on the, on, on the, on the podcast. Thanks. All right, hate to say it, time to leave the rabbit hole, time to take the other pill, grow large, and go back to the real world. But uh, these are my parting shots, so I'm going to say goodbye to the rabbit. And I'm going to tell you, email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on HC Realms under the ID of Colossus 10, like our Facebook page. You can search on Facebook by typing in at HeroClicks Borderlands. Please rate and review the podcast in our iTunes. They love that. It increases my popularity, uh, gets me out to more people, and... Um, yeah, I guess it looks pretty cool. Love to hear your new uh, Origins teams and ideas. If you're looking for an online match or have a team you want me to play against my new team, contact me. Send me an email. Love to hear from other viewers going to Origins. Would love to meet up, play a couple games, You know, kind of get, maybe get some some of the tournaments, get or battle royals, whatever. So just uh, reach out to me. Let me know. Love to respond back. Thanks, thanks for listening. Have a good day. <laughs>